Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Hello and welcome to Burlesque on Air, the worldwide first burlesque radio show with the burlesque star Lada Red Star. And I'm also part of it, Suzanne. And today we have a quite adventurous episode. But first of all, hello, Lada. Hello, Suzanne. We are back for this 17th episode of Burlesque on Air. And we are alone this time. <gasps> So Suzanne and I, we decided to be really naughty and talk about sexuality in all different forms and shapes and shades and everything, but we still decided to be really good girls and keep it vegan this time. Yeah, at least something good. We can't, I mean, <laughs> we do so many different things. At one point, we really have to set a limit. If we are not like child-friendly, at least let's be eco-friendly, right? Exactly, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so everyone knows that I'm not vegan at all, that I'm actually a, a meat eater, in particular a man eater, <laughs> so I love to eat meat in the form of man. And mm -hmm. uh, I like to be eaten as well. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I like to be a piece of meat that, that has to be eaten by a strong man. Like, for example, lately I've been dating this guy that has two uh, silver teeth. Ah. So he bites me with them and I love it so much. Do you have any marks left? Oh my god, I have so many. <laughs> anyway, so let's keep it uh, soft for the radio show. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to being eco-friendly and vegan. And today we're gonna go and discover a very, very special sex shop in Berlin that we think it actually could only exist in this city, in Berlin. So it's called Other Nature. It's a vegan, eco-friendly, feminist, sex positive, sex positive, queer, queer um, what else? Yeah, that's I, it. Can we add more things? I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can add anything more to that description. So we're gonna go and discover today with you what is all that about. But before that, let me give you a short preview of this episode. We are not only going to go to the sex shop Other Nature, but as well we are going to explore other things about veganism, like for example, vegan makeup. Ah. Yes, with our vegan makeup expert Eva Tieskova from Paris. Paris, from mm -hmm. Paris. Oh. I'm going to, yes, for this show I'm giving like all my contacts away, my special contacts in Paris. I didn't know that you have been using vegan makeup, Lada. I have, <laughs> yes, I have my whole life. I would never accept anything animal bad treated in my, in my products, no way. <laughs> And as well, we are going to explore a very sex positive artist, Peaches, that in her latest video gave place, gave some space to the burlesque legends to be featured in the video clip, especially three of the burlesque legends that we have interviewed in the past. So we are going to discover that at the end of this episode. But before that, uh, Suzanne, are you ready? Should we go? Should we go on a oh, mission? I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so see you in a few minutes at vegan sex shop Other Nature in Meringdam in Berlin. Yeah, and what shall the listeners do in the meantime while we are traveling through Berlin, Lada? Yeah, so while we are traveling and taking public transport... Oh God, no. 
because my limousine wasn't ready and because we are trying to be eco-friendly in this episode. So in this long time that we are going to spend in public transport, you should all go visit and like our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash air or look at all of our previous YouTube videos on our YouTube playlist Burlesque on Air. air. (laughs) (laughs) Or of course listen to all of our previous episodes on our SoundCloud playlist Burlesque on Air. Exactly. So just look for playlist burlesque on air. Just Google burlesque on air. On any single platform and you'll find us also on Twitter and on Instagram. So just find us somewhere and follow us. Just follow us. Yeah. Or or stalk us in the public transport. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Let's go, Suzanne. Yeah, especially with your decollete, it will be quite difficult. (laughs) Did you put your safari hat for uh, discoveries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Sex. Sex. And we have finally arrived at other nature and the doors of another world had opened to us of a different sexuality, of an open-minded sexuality, queer-friendly, uh, uh, eco-friendly, etc, etc, etc. And we are here, extremely excited, with Kitty, one of the managers of the shop. Welcome to Burlesque on Air. Thank you very much. Welcome to Other Nature. <laughs> So present us the shop. I mean, I was so inspired when I got in because we have to tell to our listeners that cannot see us, of course. You enter into this room that is full not only of sex toys and, of course, books and different uh, sexual objects, but most of all, it's full of inspirations of like just opening your mind to a different sexuality and uh, so just tell us a little bit more about the shop okay well that's wonderful to hear first of all inspiration is the name of the game um so we are an alternative sex shop and what that means to us is that we are feminist queer and women oriented sex positive eco-friendly and also vegan whoa so many fights (laughs) right (laughs) so many battles around sex yeah, you could see it that way. We have we see it as our kind of guiding principle or our, our mission, if you will, to yes, offer ev- people this kind of space. Everyone already knows that I'm a communist in my private life, so <laughs> I consider everything like a fight and a big battle. <laughs> I guess you have a more democratic way of saying it. <laughs> So I would love to go with you one by one about these uh, five things that you have said. So feminist, queer, sex positive, eco-friendly and vegan. So let's start with the feminist side. Why did you decide to fight this battle? And is it a shop that is managed and owned by women? Yeah, it is. It's it's owned and managed by women. And um, we say that we're feminist. There are lots of uh, alternative sex shops in the world these days. And some describe themselves as feminist and some describe themselves as being for women. Um, We're actually here for all genders. Um, We're open to everyone, but we are women oriented in the sort of decisions that we make um, ultimately. Um, But for us, feminism isn't about simply uh, serving the needs of women. It's about acknowledging the ways in which um, the forces of patriarchy have uh, influenced all of us in our sexuality because we were all socialized in a world that to a greater or lesser extent uh, had patriarchy at play Um, and this can be quite limiting in terms of like for example what's expected of people of different genders things like people who are socialized as female being expected to be receptive or passive or actually not have much of a sex drive at all um, which we find is simply not the case for for all people who've been socialized that way Um, and it's equally damaging for people who are socialized as male there are certain expectations for example that they want sex all the time 
time or that they want only a particular kind of sex. So we find that often in our work, we're kind of trying to break down some of those narrow views of what sexuality is supposed to be for people of different genders um, and allow people to kind of, uh, or, or invite people to sort of explore actually for themselves what it is that they want or don't want, uh, regardless of what they've been told is appropriate for their gender. <laughs> and so that leads us, of course, to the second point, which is queer, queer friendly. Mm-hmm. What about that? Yeah, so that's important for us too. And it, again, it doesn't just mean that we're here for the queer community, although we're very happy and proud that we're uh, frequented by lots of people who are in the queer community here and they're very supportive of us and what we do. And that's awesome. Um, Again, we're here for everyone, but we think that to say that we're queer is really important for us because it's about uh, really acknowledging and celebrating the diversity of human sexuality. That sex isn't just one thing. It isn't maybe the thing that we were taught that sex was when we were kids, which is, you know, a penis, a vagina, penetrative sex, potential for procreation. That for us is a really limited view of what sex can be. Um, and so open our views a little bit. Let's open a little uh, chapter. <laughs> what what this shop offer as a different alternative to just penetration or just these basic things that uh, of the basic uh, porn movies or sure. th- the vision of sexuality has offered us mm-hmm. so, so far. I mean, we find that people explore their sexualities and explore pleasure in all kinds of different ways. So that might be through like sensation play. So through blindfolds or restricting your vision so that your other sensations are heightened. It might be through exploring different kinds of pain with flogging or um, different kinds of sensation with uh, temperature, wax candle play, all kinds of things before you even think about necessarily narrowing sexuality down to like genitalia um, if you want to focus on genitalia there's still a world of possibilities um, again outside of maybe what we've been taught to think of sex as so we have a really b- broad range of toys and for us that's a really important way of making the statement that we're sort of queer and sex positive and feminist real in the space is that we don't just have one kind of toy because sexuality is really really diverse um, so yeah we have dildos and we have vibrators and we have butt toys but within each of these categories we have a really broad range of things so we have some dildos that look a lot like flesh penises and have veins and are kind of come in a variety of different skin tones and then we have some dildos that are really don't look like human body parts at all that are quite abstract um, different shapes and sizes of course Um, we have vibrators that are designed to be used internally or just on the clitoris or we have toys that are specifically for anal play or toys that are there to stimulate the prostate because ultimately however many people there are on the globe there are that many different sexualities and different ways of experiencing pleasure so what is your favorite very particular sex toy that there is in the shop oh gosh that's a really hard question (laughs) Um, i mean we we don't talk about our personal preferences with our customers because of this exact point that like everyone's body is so different right so sometimes we have customers who ask the same question like what's your favorite um and i think often that question is motivated by um a little bit of uncertainty and almost maybe fear of like i'm not sure that i know my body well enough to know what i want but this person works in a sex shop she probably knows so i'm always trying just to empower people to go with their own instincts um and just to explore and see what kinds of things they think might work for them well maybe Maybe then, which maybe sex store you can find in this shop that you cannot find in the regular sex shops? 
mm-hmm. something very particular that you have. Sure. So we have, I mean, the fact that we uh, describe ourselves as um, vegan and that we stock only vegan products sometimes surprises people um, because they might not think that there's anything in a mainstream sex shop that's not vegan. But obviously a, a prime candidate for this is leather products. Um, so we sell a lot of um, alternatives to things like floggers and whips and harnesses that are often found to be made of leather. So something you can find um, at our store if you're interested in playing with uh, with flogging, for example. We have floggers that are made locally in Berlin out of reused bicycle tyre. So it's like an eco-friendly project that's reusing a discarded material and um, not doing any harm to the environment or to any animals. So that's something that's pretty unique to us. It's very unique. And I think probably Berlin is like one of the few cities in the world, if not the only one, to have a vegan sex shop. I mean, (laughs) we push veganism to the extreme in this city. And it's really amazing that... I would never think about getting so much into details if I mean if I was a we- vegan even if I was a vegan I don't think I don't I'm not sure if I would think about getting so much into details mm-hmm. about even sex toys that you know yes they occupy a little part in your life but maybe not you know the main thing like food or clothes of or, course and it's I find it really really amazing that you go so much into details of yeah. you know veganism and eco-friendly as well which is one of the points that of course we have to discuss and it's one of the uh, one of the battles that you fight <laughs> <laughs> and I mean And I love the fact as well that you think about the zero kilometers products or products that are made here in the region Mm -hmm. and uh, that don't travel uh, thousands and thousands of kilometers and pollute to come here. Right. I mean, this is also part of the process of having a diversity of products because ultimately there is no one way of being eco-friendly that does mean different things to different people. Um, So for some people, it's really important to know that they're buying something that was made in Berlin or that was made in Germany because of this air miles. That's my case, for example. My way of being like uh, Mm -hmm. eco uh, fight my ecological battles in my life yeah. and mostly about the zero zero kilometer products. Yeah, or, absolutely. So, yeah, for me, it was really amazing. For On one side, just because you thought about it in the mm-hmm. shop and on the second thing, it's because, I mean, I discover all this world of uh, uh, um, sex, sex toys, pr- little producers and little, like, I mean, workers who make them and I mm-hmm. wish I could just discover the little workshops where they make these little products. Yeah. So would you like to talk a little bit about the relationship that the ho- shop has with the local sex toy producers? Sure. So yeah, we stock things from a range of people. So if you're interested in things that have not um, gained significant uh, miles or certainly air miles, we have lots of things that are made in Germany. Germany is a good country for sex toy production. Um, <laughs> we have Fun Factory, which is a big mainstream manufacturer um, who, are, who are German. Um, but we also work with yeah, like some smaller scale um, producers, um, like a producer Tobias Dildos, who's making dildos. Um, I think in Frankfurt, handmade silicone dildos. Um, We also have like porcelain dildos here that are handmade and hand painted in Berlin and each one is unique. So if you want to invest in your sex toy as a kind of work of art, um, the porcelain dildos are beautiful and they're a great option for that. There are people like Kinky Vegan based in Dresden who are making alternative leather products. Um, Anton Bloom who makes some of our vloggers and Anna Nat. Lots of different local people who who are doing things and what's been really great about the shop is that we've been able to kind of encourage some of those producers as well by giving them somewhere to to reach a broader audience than they might be able to um, through like an online shop, for example. Yes, and I mean, it's such a great idea of also like making floggers with recycled materials. I mean, it's not something that you would think right away about. And Mm -hmm. then, I mean, you can... 
uh, adapt the eco-friendly philosophy of life to so many things mm-hmm. and this is one of them so for those who cannot be here with us now so you dear listeners then I know you want to visit the shop you can visit the shop with us uh, with our video tutorial that you're going to find on our YouTube burlesque on air playlist and you're going to f- uh, to see to visit the shop with us uh, so there's a little private visit of the shop and we're going to show you these amazing works of art and so talking about eco-friendly uh, sex toys mm-hmm. they're not only eco-friendly they're as well friendly to our human bodies so this is uh, something that you're very uh, uh, specific about when you order when you select the product that you're going to sell in the shop so tell us a little bit more about it because I personally didn't know that a sex toy could be such a big danger for my body mm-hmm. yeah no, this is really important for us and this is kind of the place where the, the eco-friendly and the, the feminist really come together because often the materials that are um, more harmful in their production for the environment are also the products that are not body safe and we don't think people should be putting in their bodies at least without being really informed about what they're doing um so for example we only stock um toys that are non-porous which means they're really easy to clean and they don't absorb any dirt or bacteria from their surroundings and they also don't um, leak any materials into the human body that's really important yeah so for example for our listener like which which uh, material should they be aware of like if they see if they see that material Mm -hmm. that in the components of the sex toy sure which are these dangerous materials for Mm -hmm. example so phthalates um are uh, it's a material that's used to soften um different kind of plastics um, and that's a material that has been shown to be uh, absorbed into the body so that your toy essentially leaks these phthalates into the body um, and they actually have a, an impact on your hormone balance so that's something that like I know for example I wouldn't want in my body crazy um, so toys that are um, that are easy to clean that are porous free that are not going to damage you in any way um, are silicone uh, steel uh, glass. These are materials that we that we stock and that we carry um, because they're porous free, they're easy to clean, they're non-toxic. Um, so with silicone, for example, you also have to be aware of the sort of um, the laws and the, the the tricks or loopholes that people can get around. So it's perfectly legal to label your toy silicone, um, even if it has some silicone and a lot of cheap filler material in the toy. So sometimes people already even have that good information that they want a silicone toy, but they're kind of deceived into buying something that has um, other products in there as well. So all of our toys are 100% silicone. Uh, Manufacturers aren't allowed to say that unless that is in fact what they are selling. So that's really important to us such an amazing information that you're giving to us and it's going to be so useful for our listeners so i would like to talk to you about the the average customer that comes in into the shop do you think they are different than the customers from the regular sex shops and in which way and as well do you think that uh, uh, the the customers of the regular sex, shop, sex shops would they be scared to come inside here is it too politically <gasps> involved for them Mm -hmm. Um, well first of all I think I'd say there is no average customer really Um, we see a a really wide range of folks here Um, I think in terms of people who are going into maybe mainstream sex shops I think a lot of people um, just aren't aware that alternative sex shops are a, are a thing in the world. Um, we're still kind of few in number and uh, we get a lot of really positive responses from people who have been in mainstream sex shops and have been really turned off by the experience. Um, 
on every level um, and who are really surprised to come in somewhere that's kind of uh, light and airy and friendly and informative and things that you might not find in the in the mainstream. Um, in terms of whether people are daunted to come in, people often come in with questions. Um, it, you know, it says like bold on the window, alternative is ex-laden. So people often just pop their heads in to be like, what does that mean? Um, but everyone who works here is a sex educator. That's our role first and foremost. Um, so having those conversations with people um, is absolutely part and parcel of our, of our job. Um, and yeah, one of the main things we're trying to achieve in the atmosphere of the space is to be non-intimidating in a space in which questions are welcome. Because it is true that uh, maybe for the average heterosexual boring person... Like th- you, Lada. Yes, like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the queer world seems like um, made of people who are fighting so strongly about their battles about for their rights that they're sort of as well at the same time they close their doors to the average little boring person <laughs> so it is true that when we enter the shop it's so friendly and we as well open to the queer world with mm-hmm. such a different like positive attitude and open mind that maybe usually we don't have because we feel like it's something that like the queer people fight so strongly about then at the time we don't have our place in it Mm -hmm. in this battle somehow which is not the right thing of course but sometimes the feeling that's it's it's that one Mm -hmm. and this is something that's really important to us is that we describe ourselves in these ways and we stand by being all of the things that we say that we are but that above all else we're here for everyone and everyone's welcome and everyone's welcome to ask us questions to come and drink a tea and read a book or check out the toys or however they want to kind of interact with the the space get resources that we, we are here for everyone and I think that there's a lot to be uh you know there's a huge amount that's been gained by uh sort of queer rights movement and queer theory as well that's so relevant to sexuality obviously um but that's uh can be really um facilitative for everyone the idea of you know queering things queer as a verb in this way as sort of questioning and unpacking that i think this is a really integral part of what's happening in sex positive spaces in general is really opening up what is sex what is sexuality and how can we look at that in a really celebratory really open way that's working against the current of a sort of sex negative culture exactly so come to meridan 75 to other nature (laughs) And uh, not only to buy sex stories for you, but as well to explore the sexuality in all of uh, its shades. There are not only 50, (laughs) they're not grey at all. We have a lot of colourful stuff here. But yes, what I found amazing is how um, uh, educational the shop is, because there are some, of course, intimate things uh, about a queer sexuality that uh, I didn't know. Like, for example, how the packers look. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't... Of course, you're not going to go to a queer person and ask details, intimate details about their sexuality. Yeah, can I see your packer, you know, (laughs) or just touch it? But of course, it's things that I'm interested and curious about. And we can come here to the shop and explore with uh, such, uh, uh, like, natural and, you know, Mm open-mindedness, these little details of, uh, of different sexualities, different than ours. And it's really amazing. Yes. 
And the amazing thing is that, as you said before, you have a uh, background in sex education. Mm -hmm. So that was your first job before coming to work in the shop. So maybe you can talk a little bit to us about it. And what do you think that are the needs of the people nowadays about sex education? What are they missing? And why is it, why the way is it done today, maybe in schools, it's wrong? And how could Mm. we improve that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So in the, in the United Kingdom, I was working as a youth worker and I was doing lots of sex education and sexual health work uh, and I also volunteered in this area um, in Canada when I was a student and worked a little bit in this area in South Africa as well um, and I'd say that in terms of what sex education has to offer obviously it varies widely country to country and I think in Germany it even varies Bundesland to Bundesland exactly what kids are uh, offered um, so in some places it's better than others um, no question I think you know we often hear a lot about how open sex education is in Scandinavian countries for example which also often have not just lower teenage pregnancy rates which is the sort of favorite benchmark of conservative politicians to see how well a society is doing uh, rightly or wrongly but they also have much better results in terms of things like people's relationship with their own sexuality um, there's a great study that talks about how young people feel about their first time having sex you know a year or two later looking back um, who are able to explain you know why they did it and how they feel about it now and Scandinavia came out so well in, in different countries where people were able or I think in Holland specifically where young people were saying that they um felt really positive about their first sexual experience. The main motivating factors had been um, friendship, uh, curiosity, pleasure, love, these kinds of factors. Um, And in the UK, we do terribly. People say their first time was due to a sense of peer pressure, wanting to get it over with, um, shame about not having lost their virginity yet. So in all of these ways, you know, positive, open sex education that's age appropriate, but that starts young is actually, you know, there's lots of evidence that's really beneficial for young people. Um, I think something I've seen in lots of different contexts is that sex education can be very fear oriented. um, And it's a lot about telling young people about the bad things that can happen. um, If you have sex in a particular way, Um, it's a lot about STI prevention and pregnancy prevention and not enough focus on uh, self-knowledge, self-exploration, pleasure, Pleasure, desire. Um, Kids aren't stupid. They know that adults are having sex because it's fun. Um, and if you don't refuse to even talk to them on that level, then you've just lost their trust right at the offset because they know you're kind of bullshitting them. <laughs> and do you feel that uh, your way of talking to the adults in the shop, it's quite similar to the way you talk to the kids? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a different approach, but it's sometimes, you know, the, these conversations can have a similar trajectory. I think when I was working with young people, I was amazed to see how uh, much kind of shame and negativity about sexuality they had already absorbed at the age of 13 or 14 Um, but in some ways it's actually almost sadder to realize how we can carry that around into our 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s because the culture that we live in ultimately is quite sex negative and there is still a lot of shame and taboo around things like pleasure and desire particularly diverse desires that maybe fall out of the mainstream but also just basic things about understanding our bodies Um, and yes so certainly in this job we can sometimes be doing anatomical education explaining to people things about the g-spot or the fact that the clitoris is more than just one little pea-sized bump which is how it was so often described for a long time but the internal structures of the clitoris or where the prostate is this kind of uh, anatomical education can certainly be part of the job as much as uh, selling condoms. But I'm pretty much sure that the kids had uh, very uh, interesting and much smarter questions about sexuality than the adults. Do you remember like an interesting discussion that you had with one of your little students? Or <laughs> My favorite question was who invented sex? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was your answer? <laughs> 
I think I said that no one invented sex the same way that no one invented hunger. <laughs> mm. It's just a thing we've always known. Exactly. And additionally to what you've told us now and what happens in your shop, you also offer workshops for people about different topics. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So this is another component of our sort of educative output. We have workshops um, between two and four times a month, depending on the time of year. And we offer workshops on a range of topics. So some are sort of skills oriented, like we have bondage workshops, flogging workshops, burlesque workshops, um, mm. and others are more um, things to do with relationships, like polyamory. We have a workshop on wie man kann lustvoll nein sagen. So we have a mix of workshops in English and German. I teach workshops on uh, communicating desire, uh, demystifying orgasm. And yeah, all kinds. We've had a lot of different things coming in through the shop um, and we try to keep it kind of diverse and interesting and relevant to our customers' needs. And we're also very open to suggestions when people tell us there should be a workshop on XYZ thing, then we mm -hmm. do our best to find a, a qualified and inspiring facilitator. Mm -hmm. So is there an email or a contact that you can give to our listeners to visit your shop and as well, of course, to send your requests for workshops? Absolutely. So you can get in touch with us on a workshop at other-nature.de uh, or you can check out our workshops page which is the main website address is www.other-nature.de and then if you add a forward slash uh, workshops then you can see what's coming up in the future you can also join our newsletter and then we'll send you every two months a little roundup of what we have coming up in the shop and also some uh, ideas about interesting new products that we have in But of course, the best thing to do is to come to the shop and talk to the sweet kitty about everything in person. So the address we repeated is Meringdam 79 in uh, Kreuzberg, next to, the, of course, the Meringdam metro station. And we are very curious about your next workshop. What is it going to be about? The next workshop is on December 7th and it's a beginner bondage workshop. So if you've always been interested in exploring, playing with rope, come along. You can come with a partner or all by yourself. We have an expert uh, facilitator and antidote and it's always a lot of fun. Whoa! <laughs> We are certainly going to be there. So <laughs> listeners, just join us in this amazing adventure. <laughs> And so another thing that I would like to discuss is about the um, the sex industry today, that it's so male-focused, so focused on the desire of men mm -hmm. and not so much on us women. So tell us a little bit more about that and your opinion about it and how are you trying with this shop to change that division of sexuality, mm -hmm. of male-dominant sexuality? Mm -hmm. So one thing would be the pornography that we have on offer here, which features a lot of uh, female directors or directors who are specifically making porn by women for women, um, which is something that's not always so uh, available in mainstream sex shops. And other things we take into consideration include things as simple as like the packaging that sex toys are sold in. Like often it's just covered in pictures of naked women with a, one very particular look. Um, you know, no pubic hair, massive breasts, blonde hair, fake tan, nothing wrong with that look. But actually, that's just one woman uh, over and over and over again. A white person as well is always who this person is. So, um, you know, we, we don't display packaging like that. We actually don't have products that have that kind of packaging because we find that the kinds of manufacturers we want to work with uh, usually just aren't packaging their products in that way. So these are some of the things that when you walk into a mainstream sex shop um, can feel very alienating because you just see this particular idea of what desirability is represented to you over and over and over again um, and also actually no manifestations of like what desire is you know 
Exactly. And for, it's something very interesting, this packaging thing, because quite often, like even sex toys that are used by men on women are represented on the packaging by this blonde, blonde woman with a fake breast that keeps it in her hand. So mm-hmm. it's like if she's gonna, like, you know, so it doesn't make any sense either. And th- those sex toys, they talk to men, they don't talk to us women. It's, so yeah. it's very interesting to change that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, certainly what I hope is that people will just realize this is terrible marketing, if nothing else, even if they don't hold their hands <laughs> exactly. up and say this is sexist, they just realize this is not very effective. And that's when consumers have power. You know, if you choose not to frequent shops like that and buy from companies like that, then eventually they will change their game plan because ultimately they want your money. Yeah. Mm. And um, the other very interesting thing is that you have a very rich library that mm-hmm. it's not only about, uh, of course, uh, uh, books talking about sex, but it's well about, unfortunately, I mean, the negative sides uh, of sexuality, like uh, uh, rape or different uh, different um, topics that are related to sexuality and mm-hmm. that quite often we don't talk about because we see only the pleasure in sex, but there's this other side as well. And it's it's a quite a strong choice because uh, for the shop because I think that some customers can come in and, and get a bit shocked about it and like sort of big, brings your libido down you know but it's it's a, it's an important choice and when I came into your library and saw all these interesting topics I was very amazed by the choice of books so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that sure yeah we've, it's very important to us um, to have a wide ranging book selection um, and that it's not just a couple of books on uh, technique or sex tips but that it covers really the broad range of uh, sexuality as we understand it and also uh, gender and feminism as well having resources specifically for survivors of sexual assault or people who are maybe um, entering into a relationship with someone who's a survivor of sexual assault is really important to us um one, this is something that affects a huge number of people um, that's still taboo and that taboo is tied up with this sex negative shaming culture that I mentioned earlier we feel that we're aware that sex positivity as a sort of movement it's not actually one unified movement but this term has come in for some criticism from people who I believe falsely understand it as meaning that sex is always something positive Um, that's not how we understand sex positive at all but that it's trying to move the conversation from about sexuality in a more positive direction uh, and away from this kind of uh, culture of shame and taboo but absolutely we recognize that sexuality for lots of people is super complicated um, and people have had very negative experiences of violence that may have been uh, inflicted on them in a, in a sexual way or where sex was the weapon of that violence. We don't want to sweep that under the carpet and we hope that people who have these experiences um, feel as safe and welcome in the shop as everyone else. Yes, because we have to say that during the world, wars around the world, one of the hardest weapons is actually the sex assault weapon, which is sometimes much harder than bullets or bombs or mm-hmm. because it lefts... Uh, psychological um, scars. Exactly, psychological scars on so many women and men and children. So it's a very important topic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the history of the ver- of the shop is very interesting as well because the shop is made by a woman and mm-hmm. it has a f- 100% woman team that yeah. works for it. So tell us a little bit more more how how was the shop founded and why and uh, how did it happen and when 
Mm-hmm. So the shop is currently four years old. We just had our fourth birthday in October. And um, it was started um, by, um, yeah, my boss, Sarah Roddenheiser. And she's actually from Canada and had worked in a similar um, similar kind of environment in, a, in this alternative uh, sex shop environment over in Canada. So the, the sort of roots of this movement, if you will, is definitely in North America. There's a longer history of alternative sex shops kind of starting in the States and now more so in Canada as well. Um, so that was where she gained her experience and um, I think got her, her vision for doing this over here. And Berlin, of all places, really feels like a city that's screaming out for something like this. Um, in fact, frequently when I tell people that I work in a feminist, queer, women-oriented, sex-positive, eco-friendly, vegan sex shop, their response is only in Berlin. Exactly. <laughs> like you said. Yeah. Like I said, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know if there are other shops like this in the world and where? There's a variety. Um, it depends which part of what we're doing um, you're interested in. Like there was another vegan. No, one that has everything like you. I don't know that there is. Then there's not because ah. you would know it. If you there there was one. there was definitely a vegan sex shop in um, Sweden. I'm 95% sure it was Sweden. <laughs> Um, but that has sadly closed since. Um, there may be, there may well be. There are definitely other, as I say, like feminist um, sex shops um, and some queer sex shops. Um, d- yeah, doing kind of similar things to bits of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But not in this combination. Not that I know, but I really don't mm. want to say we're the only okay. ones because yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Mm. Tumblr, we have mm. it all. <laughs> <laughs> And another very interesting thing that we find in the shop is this uh, battle against woman shaming in very in many different uh, things, like for example, just the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And you offer alternatives to the uh, average tampons or the average way of seeing the menstrual cy- mm-hmm. cycle as a shame or something that we almost uh, cannot talk about. And actually, your little menstrual cycle section is right at the entrance, so it's right in your face, and we can openly talk about it. And uh, so you offer a different range of products. That are not only uh, sexual sexual I mean like sex intercourse mm-hmm. but just as a part of the uh, sexual organs and um... yes yeah so this is something else that we're doing um, that makes us maybe a little bit more than a sex shop um, we have yeah alternative menstrual products which is also part of the uh, eco-friendly um, position so a lot of people don't want to be throwing towels and tampons away every day um, for a few days a month for the rest of their lives so we have like uh, alternatives to that like a menstrual cup like the ruby cup which you can have for five to ten years and you just wash it every day and then you uh, can boil it once a month it's also silicone we know we like silicone um, <laughs> and we have washable pads as well as an alternative um, but you're right we're stocking stuff that goes beyond sexuality in a narrow sense so as well as the toys and lube and safer sex products like condoms and gloves and dams we also have you know massage oils and soaps and we have have kinky things and um, books and magazines, resources, um, and also fun things like games and pins and patches and so forth. And we also sell things um, relating to gender expression um, and things that are serving our like trans or genderqueer customers or other customers who are interested in exploring gender expression in different ways. So we sell binders, um, which are for flattening the chest area um, and compression underwear, which are for flattening genital area. We sell packers, stand-to-pee packers, pack-and-play dildos. Um, We sell dilator sets as well. So we have lots of things that are relating to gender expression as well. 
So um, another thing that is very interesting, I think, for our listeners that don't know that there are different condoms existing, mm-hmm. not only the condom that you put on the penis, that's it, always the same thing. So there are condoms for the, um, uh, um, the female genitalia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> female genitalia. And uh, so tell to our listeners that are not uh, so informed about it, which other options do they have in order to protect themselves from... Uh, mm-hmm. So for um, like penetration, we have um, so yeah condoms that go around the the penis or sort of external condoms as they're sometimes called, um, and also the larger condoms which go inside the vagina or internal condoms, um, and those are both good protection against um, pregnancy and STIs as well. Um, if it's beyond penetration, but just generally um, wanting to practice safer sex, um, there's also things like gloves. We sell natural gloves which can be used for fisting or rimming or general play. If you want to protect, you know, if you have cuts and things on your hands or your skin, you want to stay really safe. Um, if you're playing with multiple partners, um, these are good things to have. We also sell dams, which are um, like latex squares that you can use as protection during if you're giving oral to someone who has a vulva or if you're rimming, for example, um, then dams also provide good protection. <laughs> and again, so are all your condoms eco-friendly, vegan, or what does it make it special? Sure. So most condoms, most latex condoms on the market are the latex that's been used has been softened with a protein called cassian, which is a milk-derived uh, protein. So we don't sell those condoms because they wouldn't be vegan. So everything that we mm. sell has been softened with uh, plant-based <laughs> proteins instead. I think that a lot of our vegan uh, listeners will be very shocked to know that they haven't been 100% vegan in every single activity of their lives. So it's a very interesting thing to discover because I wasn't aware of that either. I can definitely say we get asked all sorts of questions in this work. And the question I get asked the most often is what's not vegan about condoms? Yeah, Mm, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have come to the end of this amazing interview and I feel like we could have made five episodes uh, about the shop and about all the topics that you can uh, find in the shop that open your mind and then stimulate your interest in different things. Unfortunately, we only had half an hour to spend with you, Kitty, but it was such a huge pleasure. And I invite all of our listeners to come here in person and discover this. And for our listeners that are around Europe and listening to us on our SoundCloud page, you should absolutely visit the, the webpage of Other Nature. And of course, you can get your sex to your vegan, eco-friendly, um, feminist, queer, sex-positive sex toy delivered to your door everywhere in Europe. So, Kitty, you can tell us all the addresses. Yeah, so you can find our main website at www.other-nature.de. Our online shop is there for you to find. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are Other Nature Shop. And you can find us on Facebook as well if you search Other Nature Alternativa Sexladen. Perfect. Thank you so much. And now the Burlesque on Air team is off to record the video tutorial. So we're going to show you the shopping video. And if you want to have this little private personal visit with us, just check our YouTube uh, um, playlist. Burlesque on Air. Just search on YouTube for Burlesque on Air and you should easily find it. (laughs) Perfect. Bye. Bye. Thank you, (laughs) Katina. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Yeah, I'm still excited from this shop. It's there are so many things. It's incredible. It's not only a sex shop, sex toy shop. It's so much more. And now I have to say, Lara, I always thought you were an exciting woman. <laughs>
But now, after What? am I too heterosexual for you? And now, after visiting this shop, I have to say you really seem to be the plain and simple kind. Not sophisticated girl, girl as Eartha Kitt is singing in this song. What are you talking about? I'm talking. I'm talking to you with a Nomi Tag intimate set, pelvic floor trainer in my vagina right now. Uh -huh. Making little noises. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> I received at the sex shop a, 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 a packer that I'm actually not going to use as a packer in my pants, but as a little soft pillow. This little thing is so dingly dongly yeah, sweet. Yeah, it already has a name. <laughs> yes, and to keep the child in me alive and to be child friendly for at least a little bit uh, in this radio show and in my life, I bought a pornogami, a guide to the ancient art of paper folding for adults. Isn't that amazing? So finally I can make origami in the shape of a penis, just uh -huh. as I've always dreamed. <laughs> I bet so, yeah. Yeah, so you can find this and much, much more in other nature sex shops, so we ha we heavenly advise you to go and visit it. And now, what shall what else shall we listen to then to Eartha Kitt? Singing about La De Resta, and she's just an old-fashioned girl. Mm. A heterosexual old-fashioned girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just an old-fashioned girl with an old-fashioned mind Not sophisticated, I'm the plain and simple kind I want an old-fashioned house with an old-fashioned fence And an old-fashioned millionaire I'd like a plain, simple car, a Ceres Cadillac Long enough to have a bowling alley in the back I want an old-fashioned house With an old-fashioned fence And an old-fashioned millionaire I'll stay weaving at my loom Be no trouble to my groom If he'll keep the piles of money mounting In our cottage there will be A soundproof nursery Not to wake the baby while I'm counting I like the old-fashioned flowers Violets are for me Have them made in diamonds by the man at Tiffany I want an old-fashioned house With an old-fashioned fence And an old-fashioned millionaire I'm just a pilgrim at heart Oh, so pure and genteel me in Las Vegas when I'm at the spinning wheel. I want an old-fashioned house with an old-fashioned fence and an old-fashioned millionaire. I'll ask for such simple things when my birthday occurs. Two apartment buildings that are labeled hers and hers. I want an old-fashioned house with an old-fashioned fence And an old-fashioned millionaire I like Chopin and Bizet And the songs of yesterday String quartets and Polynesian carols But the music that excels Is the sound of oil wells As they slurp, slurp, slurp into the barrels My little home will be quaint As an old parasol And instead of carpets, I'll have money wall to wall I want an old-fashioned house with an old-fashioned fence 
find an old fashioned millionaire. Dear listeners, after the short music break, I welcome you back to the special vegan episode of Burlesque on Air. Of course, we have started talking about sex, because that's how I like it, and that's how I want it to be, by interviewing the manager of Other Nature, this wonderful vegan sex shop in Kreuzberg, Berlin. I mean, only on Burlesque on Air we could put veganism and sex and sex stories in one interview, right? <laughs> but we are going to move on to the second part of the episode, dedicated to the showgirl burlesque lifestyle, because yes, with their opulent feathers and luxurious furs, showgirls can be vegan too. And we are going to prove it today with a very special guest, online with us from Paris, oh we, that is going to share her vegan makeup tips with us. Her name is Eva Tjewskowska. Her work is very well known as a photographer. She has worked with very big names like Ali Madavi, but as well, she's an amazing makeup artist that is able to make woman faces glow with her palette of amazing colors. But the special thing about Eva is that she has switched to 100% cruelty-free and vegan makeup recently. And uh, she's going to share with us her beauty vegan tips. She has an amazing blog as well, lerendezvousdeva.wordpress.com, but tonight we have an intimate rendezvous with her. Oh yes, Eva, she's going to have a rendezvous with you listeners. Hello Eva, welcome to Burlesque on Air. Bonsoir, Eva. We are so happy and proud to have you here. Little kinky French voice. Ah! <laughs> I'm so happy too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so the amazing thing is that, of course, we have a very special story together. There is always, as always, as every single story with Lada Red Star related to sex. You have photographed me <laughs> for a very special website called oulala.fr or something like that, right? That was yeah. a French fact website of sex toys. Yeah, it's so sexy. <laughs> All right, but tonight we are here to talk about a very serious matter, veganism. So I have, I have already explained to our listeners, you have switched to veganism a few months ago or how, how long ago? Eva became vegan four months ago. She saw a documentary called Earthlings that absolutely shocked her. She realized that we weren't enough aware of how badly the animals are treated and how much they suffer. That's when she started trying to get information about this matter and decided not to contribute to all this sufferance. Eva knows that she won't be able to change the world alone, but she hopes that if she shares her knowledge with other people, maybe it will help changing their minds and that they'll finally open their eyes. I am personally a firm believer that if everyone makes just a little step, just a little gesture, this world will change. I believe that. So my next question is, uh, unfortunately, this is an ugly topic to talk about, but could you give to our listeners some details about what is exactly done to animals uh, during those tests for makeup? There are all sorts of different tests. They cut brains to monkeys, they burn the skin of rabbits, and all sorts of different tortures. Every year a few millions of animals die because of cosmetic tests. It's the cosmetic components that are tested on animals, not the products themselves. Of course, we don't do the makeups to animals. 
What shocks Eva is that it's known that the body of animals doesn't react to these components the same way as the human bodies. So these tests are basically useless. So the interesting thing is that there are, there are other options. There are alternatives to these makeups. And uh, it's hard to understand why would people not choose those other options. But maybe as well because they are not informed about it. Maybe because they don't know. So could you give to our listeners a few tips about good uh, makeup brands, uh, vegan and make them brands that uh, put together quality, good results, but as well taking care of animals and uh, of the destiny of our planet. Eva says, we buy what they tell us to buy. We look at the pretty packaging and the advertisings. When Eva did her researches, she discovered that there are plenty of alternatives and wonderful products that are not tested on animals. Eva's favorite brand is Too Faced. It's cruelty-free and the products are amazing and the packagings are super girly and cute. She loves everything that is pink. It's adorable. <laughs> the makeup brand Urban Decay, ELF and Lush are also vegan and cruelty-free brands. Lush only tests on humans and the smell of their products. It's amazing. Oh, it's tested on humans. Eva, could you test some makeup on me? I can be your little uh, uh, test animal, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one little uh, questions for the showgirl listeners. Tell us one product, one vegan product that you really love and adore in makeup or cosmetic. Just one, your little fetish product that you love. <laughs> Ava is super excited about the chocolate bar by Too Faced. 100% natural cacao powder. She always has it with her. It's amazing. She just can't take it. It's too, too good. And she told us as well a little dirty secret. The chocolate bar was smelling so amazing that she tasted it and it does taste like chocolate. <laughs> the shades of brown are wonderful for daily use. It's just perfection. <laughs> All right. And this was the end of our short interview with this amazing photographer and makeup artist. And please, Eva, share with us uh, the ways to keep in touch with you for our listeners, especially because I know that you are very active, especially in this battle of veganism on your Instagram profile. So tell us the contacts, your webpage, your Instagram, and uh, where the people can find you and where can they check your work. You can follow Eva on her Instagram profile, www.instagram.com slash Eva Tieskowska. Okay, that's a bit hard, so I'll spell it for you. Instagram.com slash E-W-A-C-I-E-S-Z-K-O-W-S-K. <laughs> or on her vegan beauty blog, lerendezvousdeva.wordpress.com, where you can find all of her adventures, discoveries, and all sorts of information about veganism and even some vegan recipes. And to check Eva's amazing makeup artist and photography work, visit her web website, www.evatievskovska.forma.com. I'll spell it again, www.ewa. C-I-E-W-S-Z-K-O-W-S-K-A dot format dot com. And uh, because I know that you're such a uh, bubbly person, always so happy and smiley and so nice to be around with, I would like you to give a one last positive peace message to our audiences. Just share with us a beautiful message that you want to send to the world. 
Eva has the hope that everyone would simply love each other, that we can stay positive, that we are not so influenced by the media and the social networks. Eva's wish is that everyone would simply love each other, that we would all stay positive, that we would not be so influenced by the media and the social networks. Eva wishes that we try to inform ourselves on the internet and have our own vision of things. She hopes that everyone will be a bit more interested about the destiny of our planet, because above everything, we have to remember that she's the mother of us all. Yay! Hasta la, hasta la vegana siempre! <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much, my darling. It was wonderful having you in the show. Kisses, bisou! <laughs> Mon Dieu qu'ils sont doux
And now, after this informative interview about vegan makeup, we come to the long-expected part of the show, in which Lada interviews Peaches. She just released her new single, I Mean Something, and this great song you are going to hear at the end of the show. So let's listen to Lada and Peaches now. So welcome to Burlesque on Air, Peaches. Thank you so much for being with us. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's such an honor. We've been singing your song in the studios of Alex Radio. Wow, it's like, no matter how old, how young, how sick, I mean something. We cannot stop singing it. Oh, cool. <laughs> and then the falsetto, what you gotta say, gotta say. <laughs> But I mean, this song is like a, it's like a session at the string. Like you just convince yourself it's true and it works. It like puts yeah, you in... That's actually why I wrote it, because I was not feeling so good that day, so I wanted to convince myself it was okay. Well, it's great to transform negative energies into positive ones, because like it's so positive, this song. It's so great. The energies are amazing. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so, what interests us in Burlesque on Air is, of course, your video clip. So, yeah. it was, <laughs> it was directed by the award-winning filmmaker Silas Howard, and it's staring... The amaz amazing legends of burlesque, Kitten Atuzad, yeah. <laughs> Shannon Doa, Dusty Summer, Stephanie Carter, and Southern Angels. Wow, I mean, what an explosive mix. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were just, um, you know, they're incredible. I think that along with the song, you still have these ideas that like people who are older don't know what's going on or they're more polite or they, you know, or they're over or whatever. But these women were just so feisty all day and just so full of hilarious conversations. That, um, it was really such a treat. We could have made a whole movie script just on like the lines that they said all day long. I know, right? And we have the chance to interview them here on Burlesque on Air. And I mean, their stories are just amazing, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so so you, said to, uh, you said one day to the New York Daily News that you were going to make aging cool. But the legends yeah. are doing it already, right? Oh, yeah. That, that's, I mean, they just, they didn't stop. And I mean, you know, I bet some people think, isn't that sad they didn't stop or something ridiculous like that. But to me, I'm like... They're gorgeous and they're fabulous and they're confident and they're sexual and they're, they're, they continue and that's what's so cool. And they continue inspiring people. I mean, at least us burlesque performers around the world. Definitely. And, of course, inspiring us as women, which is even more important than inspiring me as an artist. It's just to look at them and think, you know, I want to be like them when I'll, you know, when I'll get older i just want to be that strong and that fierce and not to lose the pleasure of living my life yeah that's exactly it that they haven't lost the pleasure and they're all they're all so different like you know you look someone like dusty would say things like oh you know i i live in i can live in arizona and people don't even notice i can get away with looking really conservative nobody <laughs> even knows the real me you know like she she found that to be really like a, a feat or then there's you know, Satan's angel, and she's just, she was the funniest. She was like, what's that candy that people had in the 80s where it would pop in your mouth? And I'd be like, pop rocks? And she's like, yeah, I used to put that in my mouth and rock a dick. <laughs> oh, my God, she's so amazing. Or I remember Kitsuna TV that when she just screamed on our radio show, I love sex. She, just... she, was, she was the most, like, 
physically interesting, you know, like when we were in the room together, just like slapping my ass and like just always giving the camera these seductive, amazing looks. She's you know? so sassy, Keaton. She's so yeah, sassy. <laughs> her and Satan were very sassy, but all of them were, and they were all, they were having also these conversations about other women, like some of the women who have not been so nice to them, you know, because there's like a whole, <laughs> you know, they're divas, so they all have their eternal, you know, uh, little struggles and, and achievements, so they were talking about this one girl who was doing a burlesque act, <laughs> and like threw wine in her face because she knew she was in the, you know, the front row and everything. <laughs> and, there, and then there's Shenandoah, who's just totally poised and like very, very, actually quite sophisticated the whole time. She really, she, she's more of just like giving you that kind of shy, subtle smile and, and her more than any of you can really see like, I don't know, I can, I can see the younger her in her smile, like just the, she, you know, just yeah. the way she was. And then, and then there's Tiffany Carter who was like Miss Nude Universe in like nine. <laughs> 70, what was it, 1974? Yeah, and Kitana TV as well. So you had two Miss Universes in your video clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, and you know, and they, most of them, you know, they knew about me and they knew what I was singing. And so they felt really comfortable. It wasn't like, you know, some, someone going like, I need to be cool. I'm going to get these like older ladies in and it's going to be funny because they're old and they think they're sexy it's like no they are sexy you know and and um the point of the video was to make sure that that they were featured um respectfully yeah so tell me who had the idea of putting the legends in your video clip was it the filmmaker or was it you no it was me it was actually i met silas just at a cafe i was in a at a cafe on like vermont in la And Silas was walking out of the cafe and just said to me, like, hey, your peaches, and we have so many mutual friends together, and it'd be really cool to work together. Silas had just finished directing some um, Transparent episodes, you know, the, mm -hmm. the TV show Transparent. And um, I was like, yeah, that, that sounds great. And then um, I said, I, I really want to do a video clip with, you know, there's burlesque legends and they really, you know, in a way that's not exploitive, to, just to give them respect. And and Silas said, oh, a friend of mine is actually doing a documentary about these women and I have total contact to them. So it was quite easy and quite in the family already. Yeah, and many of them, it's what is amazing that many of the legends are actually on Facebook. They're very active on the social media, which is great for the age, right? Yeah, totally <laughs> active, yeah. And how did you choose the legends that would be uh, playing in your video clip? Um, we just put a, you know, call out to maybe around like eight of them and five five responded that they were available there was another woman who really wanted to come but she's in new york it was hard to you know the ones who were in las vegas or um in la were easier for me because just yeah. about you know budgets and everything but, um, I, i'm just i'm amazed that, that we got so many and that they they were all just so distinctive and and so their personalities really came through Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Like some weird older ladies trying to be sexy. You know, like each one of them, like I mentioned before, has such distinctive personalities. 
<laughs> so what do you think that you have in common with the burlesque legend? And is there a burlesque side in you? Is Peaches a bit of a burlesque performer too? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm definitely a performance artist and I definitely use my body. And um, um, I definitely, you know, feel, feel akin more to, to um, performance and burlesque and, uh, than I do to sometimes to, you know, musicians. So, um, and, and how I feel connected to them is, is that, you know, I, I, not that I'm so much older, but I, I, I didn't start as, as a, you know, as a young 20 year old, I started peaches when I was like 33 and already, you know, people already thought, Oh, it's, it's kind of strange or whatever. And I'm just like, you have no idea. You have no idea the sexuality that a woman can give until, exactly. until who knows when, until the end of time. <laughs> exactly. So, because they're not just women, they're a powerful symbol, a powerful symbol of woman empowerment. They're inspiring. So, what do these legends represent for you as a symbol? Yeah, just that they, to me, they, they represent a powerful symbol of actually um, like complete control over their sexuality. Yeah. You know. because, because you're a sexual pioneer in the music industry as much as they were sexual pioneers, you know, on just on, on stage performance arts. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they've gone through the whole, um, half of them have been, you know, like nude performers or some of them have been pornographic performers. And um, But they're all in control of their own careers now and in control of everything they do. Exactly. Well, gender identity is one of the themes of your music, and you fight against the traditional notions of gender roles, representation. And uh, you, you said once that uh, there is so much male and female in all, in all of us, but I mean, those women are like 100% women, like 200% women, no? They're definitely not hermaphrodites, but as you like to define a little bit the human being, right? What do you think about it? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just think that they're, they're strong and they're like all out human and, and fearless. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So tell us a little bit of anecdotes during the video clip where there's some funny things that happened with the legends. Oh, well, they're just like, you know, when we, especially when we were in the hotel room with like Dusty and Kitten and, and Satan's Angel. They were just sitting there and they were having their own conversations. And then they turned to me and because they think they're in trouble because they're talking while we're trying to film. I'm like, just keep talking. I, I'm like really enjoying this. And they're like, well, you know, all we talk about is sex. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, bring it. I mean, just keep talking. I have no problem with whatever you're talking about. Bring it on. <laughs> all right, all right. We have one question. Who's freaking more rock and roll, Iggy Pop or Satan's Angel? Oh, uh, that's a that's kind of a, a tough call. I don't I don't know if Iggy Pop can um can rock a cape like Satan Angel, Satan's Angel can. I don't think so either. All right, we have a little surprise from you. We have a message from Satan's Angel that she just sent us straight from the United States a few minutes ago. So I'm gonna play it to you, and maybe we can comment a little bit on it, and then the uh, uh, end the interview with this beautiful message of Satan. So I'm gonna play it for you now. Okay. <laughs> Well, first to say how wonderful Ladia is and her pirate, sexy, crazy, wild, and wonderful radio station. And I want to thank her also for having all of us legends and wild women of burlesque. 
And now I want to say something about the Peaches video. That is my kind of woman. She is absolutely 110% absolutely outstanding. <laughs> and then it continues. Not only is she fabulous, talented, gorgeous, and stunning, but she has a great love for burlesque. I think she is an awesome, fierce, powerful woman. Just what we all need is another powerful woman. Yeah, I wish I could be there. I wish I could hear this. I'm in Palm Springs, California, and you're in Germany. Oh, my God, this is just too wonderful. Oh, what a sweetheart. I know. It's not finished. <laughs> Oh, as a lesbian, I have to watch my words. <laughs> Actually, the video with Silas as a producer, Peaches, of course, is a great star. Uh, it was wonderful. Wonderful. She is so awesome. She is beautiful, talented, and she is like a vintage piece of fine art. I loved it. Loved doing it, was treated well, treated like a queen. Uh, I can't tell you how much Lottie is. It was so beautiful. I, I really enjoyed myself. And of course, the shot at the Pink Motel, which is this old vintage shut down motel from the 40s and 50s in North Hollywood. Oh my God, was it fabulous! It really was. I, I can't tell you. How inspirational this woman is for me and for many of us. And I'm so thrilled that she, my sweetheart Peaches, is going to give you just what you need. She's going to tell you everything you want to know because she is an awesome, giving, powerful woman. Oh, there you go. So that was Satan's angel statement about you and the and the shooting of this video clip. She's so, such a sweetheart, right? And such oh, a strong such a woman. Sweetheart. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm just so happy and pleased to hear that she's <laughs> such a great experience because I had so much respect for all those women and I wanted them to feel comfortable and you know and respected. I know that's exactly what we want as well in burlesque on air and what. Uh, uh, the World Burlesque Community wants with uh, events such the Burlesque Hall of Fame where they perform on the Friday night. And I mean, that show is just such an amazing thing. I mean, when I went there, I was just like crying and and laughing and smiling at the same time. It's yeah. like two hours of show, this powerful woman uh, still with their, you know, strong but, you know, weak at the same time. And it's just wow. And I just hope to be as beautiful inside and outside as them when I'll be older. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being with us sure. and uh, for telling us little stories about your video clip. So we will end the interview here and goodbye, Peaches. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Six. Six. 
Suzanne, how many adventures we had in this episode? Again, yeah. Again, mm -hmm. as always. Mm -hmm. Our life is so fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have discovered the vegan side, hidden, very well hidden inside us. <laughs> yeah, and only when it comes to sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are vegan only in condoms and sex toys. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, very eco-friendly. <laughs> But who knows what are we going to be in the next episode. New adventures await for us. So the next episode is going to air on Alex Radio on the 23rd of December. Right. Very good, Lada. Oh, And I can I ask homework. you Can I ask you again where can people where can people find us, Lada? Yes, they can find us on our Facebook page www.facebook.com/burlesconair and of course they can listen to our our previous episode on our SoundCloud page under the playlist Burlesconair oh, and <laughs> they can watch our video tutorials including the one the visit of the other nature sex shop on our YouTube playlist burlesque on air they can follow us on twitter they can follow us on instagram yeah almost everywhere you can follow us exactly and yeah just follow us and then just you will <laughs> <laughs> and then you will get all this information about uh, yeah when we upload our shows our videos and if i was able to manage to make a pornogami or if it was too complicated ah. for my little simple mind of just an old-fashioned girl mm, plain and simple mind uh, yeah. not so sophisticated not, so, not sophisticated mm. at all my reputation is ruined now all right so i have one month to get it back my reputation so the next episode is you know that amazing. you you know that you have much more freedom when your reputation is ruined yes exactly i have artistic freedom only when my reputation is ruined <laughs> yeah yeah so i would think about it <laughs> yeah lara maybe i also need to be worried about my reputation because i'm responsible for this show here and i'm going to do anything possible in my power in order to ruin your reputation Suzanne <laughs> oh yeah thank you in in the next episode of our show because this radio show is your responsibility mm, how great of you Lada as always <laughs> <laughs> I'm so generous <laughs> all right bye bye <laughs> No matter how old, how young, how sick, I mean something, I mean something. No matter how old, how young, how sick, I mean something, I mean something. You can push me, no stare down, plug it up, numb me, no shut down. I'm on a rampage, it's my new rage. Crisis, but I'm singing in the mid-range What you gotta say, gotta say What you gotta do What you gotta say doesn't matter anymore What you gotta do, gotta do Scary me Looking straight into their eyes Before they bury me Making me ends 
friends Pockets inside out before you press it What you gotta say, gotta say What you gotta do What you gotta say doesn't matter anymore What you gotta do, gotta do What you gotta say, gotta say What you gotta do What you gotta say How fucked 